experts is where they are um, unconsciously competent, where right they are able to perform basic riflemanship skills uh, without thinking about it, right? And their only conscious load is, hey, what's the wind doing? What What is my target reference point for target number two, target three, whatever the case might be, right? Or they're always like front-loading their, their cautious brain of like, what are the wind conditions, right? Because I think, again, we know that that's the biggest separator between um, a lot of shooters is their ability to comprehend and, and read the wind um, in competition, right? But mm-hmm. if you are still thinking about things like follow through, or maybe I need to get into a, a better position because of X, Y, Z, or if I'm still thinking about like, Oh, do I have a good rifle to shoulder connection? Like, sure. It's okay to think about those things if you're trying to diagnose your position. But like, if that's what you're thinking about when you're on the stage, then you're already two or three steps behind from a top level competitor. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, we, we, what's up guys. Welcome to another episode of the modern day sniper podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kalen Wojcik. And in this episode, I'm joined with the modern day sniper co-founder, Philip Vallejo. And we are talking to you guys about the future of modern day sniper. This is our hundredth episode. It's kind of a big deal for us. So make sure that you guys listen and give us a comment. Tell us what you think about the episode. We read every single comment that you guys write. So we appreciate all of that effort that you put into us. So in this episode, we are talking about the future of modern day sniper and where we're going in 2024 and beyond. And we're also talking about the new classes that you guys might have seen up on our website for the 2024 season. We've got a new naming convention and we talk about what all those classes are and why we made the changes that we made. So another thing that you guys probably saw floating around there on the internet is a new logo for Modern Day Sniper. And in this episode, we also talked to you guys about the genesis of that new logo and the process that we took to bring that thing to fruition. So we hope you guys enjoy the show. Again, make sure you drop in, leave us a comment. We listen to everything that you guys say, and I can tell you guaranteed that you're going to see more of us on the podcast in 2024 and beyond. So thank you guys for listening and we hope you guys enjoy the show. And we are live on Riverside. What's up, man? New platform here. I dig it. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see if it just uh, streamlines our processes and just allows us to create more, right? more high quality stuff. You know, one of the things actually so, I was just, sorry, I, I was actually just talking to Claire about this, about like AI, right? And how, you know, lately I've been just using AI to help polish up some of uh, my, just my vernacular and, and you know, uh, email responses. And that's one of the, like, mm-hmm. one of my goals for this year was like, just to just be a lot better at email responses and getting back to people in a more timely manner. And um, I've just again, embrace the AI technology of not shaping my, my, um, my email sent structure. Cause I still like, Hey, I write out what my thoughts are, but I always had a problem with like professional delivery, I guess, per se. Um, and I think I'm just inspired by your vernacular and your, your word choices. You're very good with your words. Um, and <laughs> so like, I feel like if it's I not, a, if it's not, I know it's not, that's what I'm saying. It's so like, I feel like when I respond in the back of my head, I'm like, this needs to be a Kalen type response, you know? Oh man, come on. <laughs> and so, um, that, that's why I just use AI. So anyways, I, I was telling Claire about it and 
you know, she was in a meeting with her boss slash business partner. You know, she talked how, you know, I, I made the suggestion that like, if you're not integrating AI into your like workflow, right. And using yeah. the advancements of technology to expedite your, your processes, right. And, and you're, you're just falling behind. And I think that's, again, the genesis of modern day sniper, right. It's like, Hey, what tools do we have available to, you know, speed through our, our processes so we can focus on the things that matter. Yeah. I mean, you know, Casper is really the one who uh, introduced me to AI and she was using it to um, kind of help her write out some lesson plans and some structure to her coaching programs. And I started to look at it and, you know, she was like, well, you can kind of teach it like how you want it to, um, to word its, its responses and to kind of, um, you know, if you go to chat GPT, I'm sure, I'm sure all you guys that are listening have probably used it. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of creepy, man. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like Skynet, you know, you start talking to it and it just like responds like a, another human on the end of a chat, um, feed. And you're just like, well, this is so bizarre. Um, and I, I've found that it's, um, maybe it's just like, I don't, at first I was just kind of like, nah, this is, I just feel like this takes too much time, but then, you know, it's funny you bring that up. Like there's other people that uh, you bring up like, Hey, this has got a, uh, my vernacular. Right. Um, and I, and I attribute that to reading a lot of books when I was a young kid, because I certainly didn't pay attention in school, uh, to, for anything. And I knew that by reading those books, you know, it always talked about making sure that you that you presented yourselves, all those books, you know, it was all military fiction, military nonfiction. And it, you know, the, the overarching, you know, theme of those was be professional, be professional, use the accurate verbiage, use the right words because the right words matter. And it was just, I think it was just something that stuck in my head that it was like, Hey, this is, this is how you need to show up and present yourself as a professional. So, um, the, the vocabulary, most likely came from that. And then I looked at the AI stuff and it was like, man, this is kind of hard to do. But then I look at my writing, like I look at, um, you know, one of the guys that I look up to for, for writing is Len Waldron. Len's a really good friend of mine and, um, I've known him for a long time and he, he's an outdoor writer for a lot of the big magazines, guns and ammo, outdoor life, um, shooting times. And I mean, if you could, if you could, look at lens writing it's like Hemingway you know the focus of Hemingway on modern gun writing and he's just brilliant with with words and um, I look at those things and uh, another person that I look up to a lot is Andy Prisco he's another uh, fellow uh, rifleman he lives over on the west side of Washington um, and what he's dealt with more along the lines of um uh, academics in in the state of Washington. He actually relinquished his position due to the whole COVID thing, and they were going to make him they were going to make him take the jab, and he was just like, "No, I'm not." And so he started off um, on his own venture called Jumpstart Mastery, and uh, been involved in his programs. But just watching the stuff that he produces and the things that he speaks of, and like, I, I look up to that. I look up to him, and I look up to Len, and I'm like, "Man, I need to up my game." And so AI has just been one of those things that um, tries to try to clean it up. And you can say, hey, can you make you cut and paste something 
post it in there and say, hey, analyze this. And then you can you make my stuff sound like this? And then it, it does it. And you're just like, wow, this is weird. And it doesn't feel I don't know if it doesn't feel good to like put it out there, but I just want it to come from me instead of relying on that machine. So but what it does do that podcast that you sent me about, um, which one was it? It was, uh, are you trying too hard or are you, are you sabotaging your business? You remember that one Yep. that, uh, that Claire sent? Yep. So that guy in there was talking about like, how do you use AI? And he said, don't just use that. He said, okay, let's just say you want to learn how to video edit, right? You want to learn how to edit and you want to do it in a month. He said, use AI to, to generate a training program for you and say, hey, I want to learn how to video edit. Can you structure a training plan for me to learn video editing in one month? And he said that it's going to populate. I tried it and it's it's like wild, right? It just, it took like a whole curriculum of YouTube videos. Hey, I want to learn how to do this for free. I want to learn DaVinci Resolve for free. Bam, it just shows up with the, this is what you should do. This is what you should follow. It's just like, whoa, okay, that's uh that's next level right there. Curriculum generation at boom, the drop of a, a snap of a finger. It's pretty wild. I know. And I think that's just, you know, just learning to be resourceful, right. And, and using mm-hmm. the tools that we have today to figure that stuff out. Right. And, and again, we talk about this all the time. Like there's nothing revolutionary that we teach at our in-person classes. Everyone that is in long range shooting or precision rifle training, you know, they can find that stuff that's on the interwebs, right? A lot of stuff's outdated. Sure. But, you know, if you look in the right places and if you, you know, are following the correct people, you know, they're, they're going to tell you what you need to know to be successful. And I think one of our strong suits is our ability to obviously communicate that information and, and package it in a very systematic way to really just streamline the process of conversion. And what I mean by conversion, I think, you know, like how quickly I can get a student to comprehend a specific uh, training objective, right? Of what I want them to, mm-hmm. uh, to understand. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this podcast because one thing that, you know, uh, we're going to dive into is like our new naming convention and our curriculum, you know, and, and how we let, we let off with like, what are the uh, training objectives uh, and the terminal learning objectives that we want our students to walk away from from each class, right? Something that we took away mm-hmm. from our time as uh, scout sniper instructors, and yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I mean, we just started off chatting, and um, you guys as listeners, we're we're at our hundredth episode right now, and um, we've been looking at all of the data um, from our podcast data and. We're almost at a million downloads, guys, and that is all thanks to you. So we are super stoked that we've had this opportunity and looking at this and just going, wow, you know, we released our first podcast episode in January of 2020, and now look where we're at. And um, we have a tremendous amount of gratitude for you guys, an absolute tremendous amount of gratitude. We would not be able to do what we do without you. So thank you for listening to us ramble on on these podcasts and listen to uh, listen to the thoughts that are coming out of our heads. Um, And I like uh, I've said many times, it's like you just got to pinch yourself and be like, okay, this is uh, this is what I get to do for a living every day. And, um, you know, I start this off like one of the things I've been doing daily uh, journal entry 
um, is, uh, and I started doing this, I forget, but uh, I, I forget exactly what it was, but it's definitely been like half of December and all of um, all of January and into February. I've been staying pretty consistent and it's six, six entries every day. Um, the first one is, you know, five things that I'm grateful for. Um, when you wake up, I try to do this first thing in the morning when I wake up. <clears throat> um, five things that you're grateful for. Uh, your plan for the day, what you like kind of wave tops of what you want to accomplish for the day. Um, any types, any type of anxiety or apprehension or resistances that you feel uh, about whatever it is that you're going to do that day. And then uh, some things that you're looking out for. And that's really huge because for me, you know, I've been writing down, you know, the things that I'm looking out for are, you know, my patterns, the patterns and the, and the behaviors that I've, you know, utilized to get through life up to this 44th year in my life. And then that kind of helps me identify like what patterns am I using that are crutches and what patterns um, are, don't serve me anymore. Right. And by bringing them, by writing them down, you bring them into your awareness and then you can really stay focused on them especially I've noticed that like this becoming part of my daily routine, it really allows me to go, Oh yeah, I, I do those things. Right. So then you can, then you can look at that and, and try to, um, take actions to not do those things or, or reframe things in a different way. Um, and the fifth thing is, um, what are you striving for? And, um, you know, I added a sixth thing and that's, uh, what would I say to myself, uh, if I was like trying to reparent myself as a little kid. And I think that's also been a huge, a huge thing too. And, um, it's definitely helped me set the tone for, uh, for the, for this coming year. And, um, I'm really happy with, with how this thing has gone. And another thing that I've been really focused on is, um, is a performance journal and keeping a, keeping a really solid record of everything that I'm doing with regard to training, as well as, you know, the actual event of uh, whatever it is that I'm training for. And that's been huge. And I'm looking forward to going over that with you. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to utilizing you as a coach, man, because um, I think we should be able to feed off of one another and be able to lean on one another's, you know, specialties and, and uh, understand that, hey man, we don't always have it all figured out individually. You know, it's it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to look for people that are better than you to help bring you up to the level that you wanna get to. And um, I think that's super important, but um, we would not be able to be here and have, this, uh, have these conversations if we weren't focused on our own growth and our own development and passing that off to everybody else, right? So, and I think that's why a lot of people uh, tune in and, uh, and want to hear what, 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 what we have to say. Yeah. There's a, a few things that I want to touch on first and foremost, like to echo Kalen, like, uh, I can't believe that this is what we do. And I, I just ran into a post like, Hey, five years ago, this is what, like where you are at today is where you wanted to be. And, uh, it was absolutely right. And I think, one of the words that I've been trying to find within myself lately is gratitude because I, I've just been so always like forward thinking, right. And, and mm -hmm. not living in the moment where I, I forget the things that I do have in my life. Right. And I think gratitude is something that I want to 
really like sink my teeth into this year and, and, and really try to just be present in, in the moments that I do have. I think, you know, going into this year, especially with, um, the coaching aspect, taking, knowing that I I'm taking a backseat in terms of my competitive journey, knowing that I can't compete at a very high level anymore because of, you know, the obligations that I have to my family and then wanting to grow the business side of modern day sniper, you know, like you can only have so much bandwidth to do one or the other, right. Of, of balance. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but I, I think I'm really looking for, and that's one thing I want, really want to polish. I talk about this all the time with you. Like I really want to polish my ability as a coach to really, Hey, how do I take a great shooter and make him phenomenal? Right. How do I, how do I work on their, you know, uh, training plan or, or give them advice that allows them to really be a force to reckon with when they're out there in the, in the competition circuit. Right. Cause not to, not to, you know, boast or not to sound arrogant, but I, I feel like I have a, pretty good understanding of how to take a zero a hero a, a shooter from zero to hero right I, I know how to you know get them to understand their rifle to body connection how to you know stay calm and relaxed behind the rifle how to find comfort how to get good stability but I want to figure out a way to you know get into a shooter's mindset and you know make them understand that like hey you know w- our performance is directly related to not only what's in between our in between our brain, but like all other aspects of like our life, right? Like you can't be, I mean, maybe you can, I, I guess, you know, a lot of like champion minded individuals, competitors at the very highest level in any discipline, right? Like they, maybe don't have like the best family life because they're very driven, right? They're very like mm-hmm. one-sided on, in terms of like, Hey, this is, I'm, 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 I'm going to put it all I got. And there's some sacrifice there. Right. And I, and I know that I came from that at one point, right. When I didn't have Zoe full time and I was in an, a very toxic relationship where I only saw my significant other once every three or four months, right. In person. And so it, it allowed me to, compete very often and i think Mm -hmm. you know being able to um come from a place of like understanding of like hey you know kaylin your other commitment is you know um your son and and uh, your relationship with Cass, right and then obviously building modern day sniper um you know so like being able to coach you with grace and just understand that hey like maybe you're not able to commit a hundred percent to competing and that's okay Right. But I want to try to get you to where you're happy with your performance when you go out and you, you know, shoot at the regional level, shoot at a national level, um, and then, you know, coach you through the process of like, Hey man, like, Hey, if you don't do well, let's just, you know, figure out what, what, uh, where our training deficiencies yeah. are and how we can, you know, come back at it. Cause like we tell our students, man, like the, the only thing that really matters next is the next round, you, you know, the next rounds you sound down range. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And, and, you know, the, I don't know if I want to get like, go dive into the, the match debrief, but even this last event last weekend, um, you know, it just, it highlighted that I got a lot of rust to knock off. Okay. And I'm I'd like, I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that because, you know, um, as an example, like, like Corson, I was squatted with Corson Piper, 
um, probably one of the most gracious and and amazing humans that that shoot in the series. I love Corson, and I love you, buddy. If you're listening to the podcast, thanks for thanks for chatting with me up um, at the Lead Farm. But um, you know, like Corson shoots a match literally every weekend, sometimes two matches a weekend, and those guys that are doing that they're stress inoculated to that competitive aspect just much like you were when you were you know balls to the walls at it in 2018 you were you were inoculated to that stress of going to an event and there's something to be said for that you have to build that back up and i can say i can say that with with skydiving as well you know if you spend a week jumping uh, by the time you're done at the end of that week and you've logged you know 30 jumps in a in a week that's you know, you're, you're at the, you're at the top, right? You're at the pinnacle. And then you take a month off because I'm not a drop zone rat. I don't live at the drop zone. You know, you've got to go take a few skydives to get yourself back up to that level because the longer you take, the more that, that falls off. Right. And so I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm accepting the fact that, Hey man, I haven't been focused so much on being competitive at all. And now it's time to shift that mindset and, um, and figure out what works, what doesn't work and fine tune everything. Because I think it's definitely different. Like shooting, we shoot a lot, you know, we shoot and we shoot for classes. We do our demos for classes, but I don't really think it's the same thing as, as, as competition. No. I don't think it is at all because it's a different mindset. Um, and I think that, uh, maybe, maybe my mindset does need to be the same. I don't know. This is a year of exploration for that for me and to see like, Hey, what does actually work? But just because you're shooting doesn't mean that you're in, um, that you're in that like competitive zone of looking at things that way. Like I looked at trigger cam footage from last weekend and, and there's like, yeah, okay, well I made some, I made some bad choices. I made some, I made the wrong choice with equipment. Um, it was kind of difficult for me to see what was happening. I noticed that, um, that based upon the lighting conditions, uh, as an example, like the trigger cam and you and I talked about this, you know, beforehand, you're like, are you, are you sure that you're ready for this? And I was doing too much shit, man. I was doing way too much shit and I was trying to manage too much at, at one time where I should have just been focused on that. I should have just focused on shooting instead of trying to manage all the other stuff, but that's either neither here nor there. And it was a lesson learned, but trigger cam is an example. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You're like, okay, I'm done with this shit. Fuck this. I'm going to pull all this stuff off and I'm just going to focus on shooting stages. Um, but uh, trigger cam, it was kind of dark, a uh, little cloudy, uh, wasn't foggy. Thank God. That was awesome. But um, I noticed that, with the trigger cam on there, it definitely dimmed, it dimmed the amount of light that was getting to my eye. And so with, with, with low contrast, with targets that have a very blended background, it was very difficult to see things. And I pulled the, I looked through somebody else's scope to check out a reticle. And I was just like, whoa, that's not what I'm seeing. And so I looked through my scope behind the trigger cam. And this isn't to knock trigger cam at all. This is just the way it is. And I was like, wow, that's really dark. And I pulled the trigger cam off and it was like looking through a whole new world. And I'm like, okay, well, we have to make the decision at what point in time are we capturing content and, and doing this for, uh, for ca content capture versus when I'm here to perform and I'm here to do, I'm here to do this thing, 
right? So I ended up taking the trigger cam off and shot the rest of the day without the trigger cam. And it made a, ma it made a major difference in what I could see on my targets. So um, just lessons learned like that. And, um, you know, maybe one, like when I get to the point where my mojo is quote unquote back, then we'll add those things in. But it's just too early in the game right now to do that. Right. So, and I'm not above saying that at all. I'm not above saying that at all because it's pretty arrogant to, sh to say, okay, well, I'm just going to show up and um, I have, I'm rusty and I'm going to show up and rely on that talent uh, to carry me through. And it just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. The, the level of competition is just so steep. You know, guys are just mm -hmm. guys like Nick Gadarzy and uh, Jake Millard and Corson Piper, David Cantu climbing up the ranks. Yeah, um, it's super proud. They're, of David they're just Reed. just solid uh, shooters, right? Like some of the, yeah. honestly, some of the best in the Pacific Northwest has to offer, and, and not even in just the Pacific Northwest in the nation, right? Uh, Gadarzy mm -hmm. is a consistent top ten finisher in the in the national at the national level, mm -hmm. so um, it's yeah. it's exciting to it's exciting to watch them shoot because you learn a lot. You learn about how cool, calm, and collective they are, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, it's it's something that I, I think because we are in the world of competition and you know we're able to see that we can you know we can aspire to be those things and it's okay to, to tell our students that right like hey you know these shooters I, I think before too maybe like probably even when we started our podcast like there's a little jealousy there you know I used to be like no I think you know like I was a little arrogant and I think that's another thing is like unbecoming I actually just was listening to a um of like a short podcast this this uh this morning when i was actually getting with the gym and, and um it was a motivational speaker and he talks about unbecoming and and one of the things that that resonated with me is like i'm always trying to unbecome the person and this is something that you say all the time it's like we're we don't we are not obligated to be the same person we are today tomorrow five minutes from now right and you know, I, I can easily say now that like I'm I'm working on that. Like, hey, you know, it's okay to admit there are better shooters than me because there are, right? Oh, for um, sure, absolutely. And so I think that's just being a realist. It's being yeah, a being a realist for sure, it's, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it hurts because like I I pride myself in being a very good shooter, right? At, at some at, at one point in my career, like I I was one of, I would say I was one of better shooters in the Marine Corps, right? Like high shooter from all sniper schools yeah. other than the basic course. Like, you know, you go to the civilian level and you get your ass whooped. It's like, okay, well, what, what do I need to do now to, 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 you know, get back to that level? Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's fun. So I, I think there's always, yep. um, you know, that progression and there's always going to be that, that these, those people, uh, that, uh, I try to strive to, to be and, and, um, you know, figure out what makes them tick and what's cool. You know, I, I actually, I think we had this conversation with James the first time we did the podcast, but like when, and I know we're completely derailing off our notes here, uh, off of our podcast agenda, <laughs> it's right. but it's That's okay. The way it's, we're, we're, the notes are right here. We'll, we'll yeah. get to them. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things I was telling James when we sat down and we had our first podcast with him in, at Altus is like when, when, when students come through class and, you know, ask them like, how'd you get into low range shooting? Like, I'm truly interested because like, <clears throat> if I, if I hadn't become a sniper, I, I don't know if I would have pursued long range shooting as a civilian. Right. Like if I would have, you know, went to college and done the things that, 
uh, or even if I joined the Marine Corps and didn't get slotted to become a scout sniper, right, or a, uh, in the sniper platoon, like I don't think long range shooting was in my journey, you know. And so yeah. I always, I always think about like what is it that attracts these these shooters, these modern day riflemen, to want to pick up a precision rifle and be like, I want to shoot at something far away, you know. I think, man, I was looking at some bullets. Um, and you know, look like these little 105 grain little missiles, and you know, knowing that you can put that put that cartridge in a chamber, close the bolt, dial your turret, uh, make a wing call, and and hit a target with intention, knowing that that bullet's going to hit the target when you press the trigger. Like that's the that's the allure. Um, like you just slung this, you know, 100 grain, you know, maybe 105, 110 grain piece of you know, this projectile into the atmosphere and, and it, and it hits this target that's insanely small at an insanely far distance away. Um, that's the allure, right? And then I think once people understand that, or they realize that there's way more to this game than just doing that, you know, we, we identified that with a couple of students at the, at our last class in Ultrast, right? So yeah, I went through a two day, you know, intro to precision rifle course, but at the end of that intro, it was, you know, it was evident that there was not a whole lot of process getting instilled into those students because they showed up and they didn't really understand, um, uh, you know, what we would expect from them. Our level of expectation for an, uh, an intro graduate is a little different than what other people are. And that's okay. That's why, you know, we're going to talk about that in this episode with regard to, you know, our new naming convention of our different classes and the levels and such. But once they start to re they get a taste of that, you get a taste of, of you're chasing the dragon at that point in time, you're, you're chasing the dragon and that dragon is performance. That dragon is the perfect, the perfect performance. Um, and it's, it's a fun chase. It's a really, really fun chase. And you talked about it earlier, you know, balance chasing that dragon if you're not careful, it'll it'll pull you out of balance like almost instantly, right? It, almost instantly because, you know, you go, you shoot an event and you're like, dude, you're looking through your matchbook or you're looking through your notes and it's like you're driven to go right back to the range and, you know, load up another 150 rounds of ammo and try to shoot that same course of fire all over again as best as you can replicate it and look for those, look for those, uh, those deficiencies, look for those areas of improvement apply them and like it becomes this this driving force right it just becomes this this uh this chase and i can say that too from from skydiving as well like i think in any sport when i was climbing all the time you, know, you climb a route and you fall okay well why did i fall well okay because this was the crux move and i just needed to put my hand here my right hand needed to go here and my left foot needed to be on this hold and I just need to slide my other hand up here to get that hold shit, man. Let's get, let's shake out the pump in my arms and get back on the rock and try it again. Um, and it becomes this, this drive, right? It just becomes this, uh, this chase. And I think that it doesn't really like, there's so many different hobbies and activities out there, but there's just something about shooting a rifle and hitting a target, connecting it at that distance that just, uh, that just drives it home, man. You know, going just even at my home range, like it, I say I haven't shot since Altus, if I'm being completely transparent with you. 
that's all good. And you know, that's one thing that I I love about competitions is like I, I just love to show up to a different place and be like, okay, like how well how well can I figure this place out, right? How yep. well can I figure out, you know, what the match director is trying to test me on, and, and that is like the ultimate high for me. You know, whether I do well or not, obviously, if I do if I do well, it's it's a plus. If I do shitty, it's even worse, right? Because like now I'm like mm-hmm. feeling imposter syndrome, and I'm like, man, I, what am I even doing here? But I, I think mm-hmm. at that for me, like knowing that I I, I showed up and, and I gave it my best, and I and I you know put my money where my mouth is, and 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 um you know was able to you know make pretty good shots at, at distances that again, as a, 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 with a range that I'm completely new to, uh, is exhilarating to me. So that's that, that's that dragon for competitions for me. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and pivot here, uh, so that we can, we can stay on track, stay but, on track. Um, you know, one of the things that is first, obviously after the intro and, and, and our, and our gratefulness to you guys for listening to our hundredth episode, you know, we, we started this four years ago, SHOT Show of 2020, was it 2020? Yeah, it was SHOT Show yeah, 2020, yeah. it was right, right, before, right before the, the shutdown happened. And, yep. you know, we didn't even recap SHOT Show. We maybe sent out an email blast, but we had a really good SHOT Show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you know, it was the first time together as Modern Day Sniper and it was, it was quick. You know, we, we showed up, had some meetings with, uh, you know, our, uh, current industry partners and potentially new industry partners uh was able to see a lot of you know familiar faces which was awesome and it was cool it was a lot of um kind of reaffirmation especially with people that like i have not met in the circle a lot of uh, them being your peers right from your magpul days or your your older days and introducing them myself to them and they're like yeah i know who you are you know it it, it was it just felt um relieving you know of, of like okay hey like we're on the right path you know um because sometimes reaffirming like yeah sometimes like it's easy to get kind of sucked into your own echo chamber right with oh, so with easy. uh people that are immediately in your circle right like our modern day riflemen like they they give us praise all the time which is which is awesome um you know we have uh, uh shooters out there uh, which I appreciate those that are able to give us constructed criticism because they've, they've experienced other places and, and stuff like that. We take that stuff to heart. We try to apply it the best we can to, um, to our classes or to our, um, you know, podcasts or, or our, our, our instructions. So, um, you know, shot show was, was good, but, um, you know, this podcast is mainly to talk about the future of modern day sniper. What does modern day sniper look like, you know, five years from now or four years from now, right? Mm-hmm. Another four years from now, what, what do we, what do we hope to, to accomplish, you know, in, in our, by, by our 200th episode. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's another, well, at the rate that we, well, first off, like some of our goals, uh, as we've been talking about a little bit on some social media posts is that we are, we're breathing new fire into the podcast. And, um, I think that's important in 2023, we got pretty busy, um, a little distracted, lots of things going on in both business as well as life. And, um, you know, well, we had to prioritize those things and, 
we're going to breathe more life into the podcast and you guys are going to start to see some, some more, um, some higher production quality coming from the podcast. We're going to be leaning on our industry partners to, um, help us do that for you guys because you're the listeners and you're the ones who are essentially driving that bus and you're showing us what you guys want by just listening and dropping comments. Um, all of the comments that you guys have, have landed, we read them all. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for, for taking those, that time out to just make a comment and say, Hey, we appreciate you. Um, and like Philip said, we don't want to get so, you know, so like, boxed into our own echo chamber, but yeah, give us positive feedback. But at the same time, um, feedback is, is important no matter whether it's uh, positive or negative. So we want to hear from you guys. If there's something that you don't like, we can't always do everything right every single time. So, um, and that's kind of the things with like, you know, you ask people, uh, I used to ask people all the time in class, like, give me your feedback. And, and it's like, you're putting people on the spot and they don't like doing, they don't like being put on the spot. And so you're not going to get the full, the real deal from those people. You know, you're, you're, you're going to get kind of this like watered down. Yeah. I think you guys are awesome. Everything was badass. You want to give some people some time to let that information, you know, percolate, simmer, whatever, you know, adjective you want to use to describe that. Um, but you, you want to give some time and then tell people like, Hey, be, be honest, you know, tell me what you really think. And we've gotten some, some good feedback that way. Um, so the podcast is going to have, uh, some higher production value. Um, we're going to start incorporating video, uh, long form video into the podcast, which Philip, you've been spearheading that. And, um, you know, uh, I've learned so much from you and just the editing side of the house. And not only do we want good information, but we want it to look good too, right? There's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, ego involved in that because, you know, the technology and the capability that we have at our fingertips these days to make that happen, might as well take advantage of it. You know, the, the podcast is one area and we are, we're getting a ton of training requests, a ton of training requests, not only just in the United States and all over the world. And so, you know, you guys might've seen uh, the email that we sent out last week and um, we have a really robust 2024 training schedule. And I would strongly suggest that you guys have a look at that and take advantage of it because there is not, um, there might not be as many open enrollment uh, class availability for you guys in 2025 as we start to to branch out and we start to grow modern day sniper. Uh, we are definitely in a in a phase of growth, and um, we had our first cadre meeting, and we had like 18 people in that meeting, and that's 18 people that are extremely capable. And that the thing that we want you guys to know is it's important for us that the teachers that we bring on are not just instructors, that they have, they have the same ethos and they have the same, um, thought process. And it's not that we're going to say, well, if you don't think exactly like us, you're not going to be able to work for us. That's not the case. However, in the grand scheme at that, at that, you know, 30,000 foot view, we need people to be aligned with with the way that we the way that we think and the way that we want to deliver our message and the way that we want to deliver our information. And it's not um, you know a lot of people go to a lot of quote unquote classes. We don't want in the future we want our we want the students that come show up with us or come show up to train with us 
to just have an experience. It's not a class. It's not, um, you're not going to get yelled at. You're not going to be in this super regimented um, process. We want you to have an experience and we want you to, to say, hey, like, like our skills clinics that we have coming up, those are basically just opportunities to come out and, and learn our, the processes that we found to work for us, but then have an opportunity to shoot with us and get coaching and to see, you know, what it's like to, to have a, a structured approach, but not like this super like in your face regimented, you know, rah, rah, rah tactical fantasy band camp class. It's more, we want it to be more of an experience and we want our staff and our cadre members to be aligned with that as well. Yeah, I was excited about our instructor cadre meeting. So again, what is driving this bus is the fact that Kaylin and I can't be everywhere at once, first and foremost, to like traveling around the nation gets taxing, you know, meaning that like, hey, you know, because we want to try to get as close to you guys as as we possibly can, the sacrifice is, okay, well, now I've got to, you know, pack up all my gear head over to the other side of the States. And then now I'm away from, you know, family and, and stuff like that. And, and that kind of like, like drains on, on, on you for a little bit. Right. Cause you know, you, I start having these, um, these feelings of like, especially as I'm missing out on certain parts of, you know, um, Zoe's life, right. Like basketball or high school sports. And it's like, okay, like I can't show up for my students if I'm not able to show up you know, for, for my family. Right. And, and that, mm-hmm. that is, um, you know, the things that sometimes are in the back of my head. Right. And, and, and I try to show the best I can for, you know, for our students that come out and, you know, they volunteer their time to, to come out and hang out for four, four or five days. But, um, where I was getting with that was like, you know, when we created modern day sniper, like we didn't just want it to be the Phil and Kalen show, right. The modern day sniper, mm-hmm modern day rifleman was supposed to be a mindset of, you know, adopting new tools and techniques, integration of the current things that we have in the long range precision market to really, you know, enhance our skill sets as riflemen, right. And and to truly be able to focus on the things that matter, right. Like, shooting in the standing position from a tripod, if that's what you might find yourself in, in a, in a very um, practical scenario, right? Not spending mm-hmm. 60 rounds trying to shoot out a mile because you saw someone do it on YouTube, right? Yeah. <laughs> and oh and that's a whole other thing in <clears throat> yep. itself. But yeah, I'm excited for the instructor cadre, you know, the, the, the individuals that showed up or, or, you know, um, snipers and and even you know non-snipers that i've worked with in in some capacity and that you have worked with in some capacity they've already you know um kind of uh ai'd for us uh, beforehand and um you know they're hungry and i'm excited mm-hmm. to get them in front of uh, our our audience you know get them on the podcast talk about them and that's another thing to our podcast right it's like we want to bring in more guest speakers to yeah. pick their brain um, of of what they're passionate about, what they're what they what they know, what they understand at a higher level that we do. We had a really mm-hmm. great class last night with Buck uh, for our uh, second. Oh man, that was awesome! Second um, modern day rifleman advantage, you know, intro, introduction to precision optics. And I mean, again, like you said, you, I've sat through that class now. That was probably my uh, fourth time sitting in that class. Right when this is 
probably like your over 10th time. And man, I have a copious amount of notes, right? And I just yeah. love his delivery style. Um, he's, you can tell he's done it. Dude, so many he's times. done it so many it's times. Amazing. But and but the what what's great about it is like he's done it so many times. But the it's the passion is still there, right? Because like I it, and it's hard oh, yeah. to when when you do it in a uh, obviously in a virtual platform, right? Because he's not able to read the faces, right? And I don't know if he had like I'm not sure how his webcam was set up. Right. I'm assuming he was just on a computer, you know, but yeah. like he, he taught that just as well as he did his in-person classes. Right. Oh, absolutely. And you know, that is again, a hallmark of a very great teacher that is passionate about what he's teaching. Right. And that, uh, that he mm -hmm. knows his stuff. Um, so mm -hmm. anyways, um, onto the guest speaker thing. One of the reviews that we saw on Apple was, Hey, I wish, uh, you know, I wish, you know, Kalen and Phil's speakers that they had had the same audio equipment. So guess what we're doing this year? <laughs> Creating a yep. guest speaker <clears throat> kit that has a awesome mic, maybe uh, a, um, a uh, better camera. Because again, we want to step up our video production so that you guys can see us. There's something about seeing. You know, that's one thing I've been doing lately too. When I'm listening to podcasts, is I'll just if there's if there's a video version, I'll just throw it on YouTube, right, and have it in the background. Yep. So. I'm not always watching, but it's nice, especially when they're, when they're, you know, critical parts of the podcast. I'll look over to just see what their their mannerisms are because that there's just another mm -hmm. touch to it, right? Um, and it just yep. goes back to like producing what you want, like creating what you would want to watch, right? And that's something that we've always tried to strive for, right? For sure, and yeah. <clears throat> there's there's so many there's so much good information out there, and like you said, like being able to see somebody's body language and see their enthusiasm for the topic that they're speaking of that's that's important. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited I'm excited for the the rest of the podcast, and I think our goal this year was at least once a week. You know, whether it's just me and you mm -hmm. talking, if we have a guest speaker, if if like something happens, something's on our mind, and we want to just get it off our mind and just sit down in front of the mic and talk to the camera those episodes are going to be like, you know, like either that or, you know, the media kit that Phil you're going to put together. Um, but like I've reached out to a few guys here in the Northwest that uh, are within driving distance that we can coordinate and say, Hey, if you're going to go shoot a match here, you know, you could spend a day on, on, on the, on the range with us. We'll shoot, we'll sit down, we'll have a conversation. And then, if we can't like if like if that person's in the east coast or central or wherever they are that media kit goes out and um you know you just have to do a little bit of technical stuff but phil's gonna make it super easy for you guys and because he knows what he's doing with that stuff and uh and how to make it all work so i'm super i'm super pumped for that and um, the next thing that you guys can expect to see from us in 2024 is obviously that robust training schedule. We've got a lot. We've got a lot of class opportunities out there. We've got a, a lot of unique experience opportunities at some really good venues, and um, we're just trying to expand that reach and find the areas that um, that that reflect where we want to be. Like obviously, like Arizona, two full intro classes back to back. Arizona, you showed us what, where we need to be, right? So we're going to be in Arizona and we want to create these, 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 uh, events where you guys can know that we're going to be there. Like obviously pig river is a staple. Um, pig river will be this, this November. Will that be our fourth year or fifth year? I think, no, you're, you're five. 
yeah, it'll be year five. That's that's awesome. Uh, stuff like that. That's where that's really where we want to be, and we want to find these really unique venues that um, that allow us to to cater the skills that we're going to teach to that venue. Um, like this, the Arbuckle venue in California. I'm super stoked to go shoot that. Um, seeing the images that uh, that Bertaccini sent over in the video, it's like, dude, yeah, I'm really stoked to go shoot that venue. That's a really unique area. I shot a couple. I taught a couple classes out there. Um, geez, where I think it's Woodville, Woodenville, just outside of Woodenville. In that, it's in that same kind of geographic region where those, you know, you got those big rolling hills that, um, you know, you got a lot of good opportunity for different winds out there, different terrain, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, you know, going to PA in April at a new range out there, Ben Franklin. You guys make sure that you get in on that for you East Coasters. Um, and, uh, you know, the new the, the, the new naming convention. You want to jump into the new naming convention now or do you want to go into the, into the logo stuff? What, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Hey, maybe we should finish off the logo since we're, since we're kind of touching the water on in-person classes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 let's start with our in-person classes, right? New naming convention. Sure. Right, what the mm-hmm. genesis of that. And and so if you guys probably noticed this year, we have a new naming convention for our courses. We've got the Modern Precision Rifle class. We've got Skills Progression. We've got Competition Advantage. And we've got our uh, Precision Hunter cl- courses. And, you know, what initially when we started our uh, naming convention for the first set of classes, right, we, we tried to go with SEO in terms of um, search engine optimization of like, okay, what are people like searching up, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want, I wanted to get away from PR 101 or PR 201 because like no one's looking up PR 201, right, um, when yep. they're looking for classes. And so realizing that we we're not even using seo with intro to precision it's just like well why don't we just name our classes what we feel like like they're accomplishing you know and uh, we've even talked Mm -hmm. about this our like our intro to precision our intro class is not necessarily an intro class because like you show up with a rifle that is somewhat already you know zeroed slash you know, optic is ready mounted and, you know, we, we assume they have a level of understanding with their, uh, mill and MOA, right. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. we're not spending a full day on understanding the difference between mill radian and minute of angle, right. Where I know some classes do, um, or they just spend, you know, the first day and a half crushing you with PowerPoints. Right. And I remember, yeah. I mean, I, I did that at my previous job, right? I, I crush you for an hour, a half a day of PowerPoints. And then we go to the range the second half of the afternoon. And I'm expecting to remember the first slide at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and so, you know, the, the genesis of the modern precision rifle class is okay. It's an intro class where like, where, you know, we're, we're taking you and we're, we're, we're teaching you things like, modern marksmanship mechanics, how to set your rifle up to really best suit your needs as a, as a, as a shooter, depending on what your end goals are. Right. Cause a, a lot of things 
that people don't realize is we, we have shooters that come from all walks of life and in, in all different applications, you know, aspiring competitive mm-hmm. shooters, hunters, um, professional snipers, right. Or, you know, government agencies that send just onesies, twosies. And what I love about our precision course or our, our intro course is that like it allows us the flexibility of being able to, at the end of the day, just teach basic riflemanship, right? Not mm-hmm. really like, oh, you're going to walk out of here as a competitive shooter or you're going to walk oh, out yeah, of here as a, as oh, a, right. yeah, you're going <clears> to <throat> walk out of here as a sniper. Like, no, you're going to come out of here as a basic precision rifleman, right? D- executing basic tasks that we feel an introductory level shooter should be able to perform not on demand, but like without the aid of instruction, things like zeroing your rifle optic, um, you know, being able to uh, dope your rifle out to a thousand yards, uh, know how to use your ballistic solver. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And then maybe in basic introduction of like wobble zone and positional shooting. Right. Or, and then coming up with the the last thing I ever thought about is like, you know, one of the things that, you know, we have is, um, being able to start the process of, or understand a process of deriving a wind call. Yep. Yeah. So like looking at this, when we set up, when we looked at all of our, our classes, uh, we looked at it and said, okay, like, let's, let's look at this from a learning objective standpoint. What is it that we want our shooters to be able to accomplish? And I'm, I mean, like, look, I, I get it. So there's a balance here. There's a balance based upon like what we want you guys to be able to accomplish versus the time that you're able to expend. Um, and we understand that a four day package, well, a four day package is, is a little taxing, right? It's a little taxing. It's not a weekend package. Um, but then on the flip side of that, on the other side of that coin, a two day package is obviously more palatable to the schedule um, as well as because people live busy lives. We get that. But if you're going to come out and get training, I'm, I'm going to just going to tell you guys two days is not enough. Two days for an intro rifle class is not enough. You're and and the goal that we're trying to get you to is, is to have, um, self-sufficient competency in these skills. So that way, when you do go to a range on your own, you have the, you have all of the tools at your disposal to be successful and not take you know two steps forward and one step back every single time you go to the range. We don't want you to do that. We want you to take you know one step forward and have that that be a full thirty inch step forward and and be able to put that second foot right next to the first one and say, okay, I covered that ground. Now let's take another step forward. So like in our intro course here in four days we're pretty much going to guarantee your ability to do the following skills. There's eight, there's eight learning objectives here. <clears throat> I'm just going to read them off to you guys because I think it's important. Um, the very first one is demonstrate competency in safe weapons, handling skills in close proximity to other people. And I noticed that just automatically from the match that I shot last weekend, there's 80, there was 80 some shooters out there and there was quite a few new people and weapon safety is still one of these things that I don't believe is harped on enough. Um, it, you know, I'm not knocking the, I'm not m- knocking a match director here, but like having a solid safety brief is very, very important. Um, 
and it's very important to get people into that mindset. So we're going to harp on you with safety because it's really, really important. Uh, number two, you're going to demonstrate the ability to physically set up a rifle to your body with modern marksmanship mechanics in mind. And we can't stress that enough either. Um, you got to take that time as arduous as it seems to pull everything apart and reset it up and, and hit it from scratch. Uh, because with that, you're also going to hit your circle of components and make sure that your rifle's not going to come loose or, you know, components on your rifle aren't going to come loose, you know, you know, a day down the road where you're just like, oh man, you know, I didn't look at that. And those 50, 60 shots that you took that you were chasing something in those 50, 60 shots. And then you're like, dude, I know, oh, that's so frustrating. Right. When you see like a scope mount come loose or you know, an action screw come loose that could have been avoided if we just took that time and didn't say, hey man, let's just hit the ground running and, and we're just gonna go start shooting steel. You're not doing you're not getting the best service when it comes to that. And then number three, mountain zero rifle scope at hundred yards with 15 shots or less in a time limit of 15 minutes. Zeroing a rifle scope should be boom, done deal. It's not that hard to do. We should be able to get it done in 15 rounds. Uh, demonstrate the ability to rapidly build shooting positions under specific allotments of time, um, holding a minute and a half angle accuracy. I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, and it's there to prepare you to shoot on somebody else's time. Um, next is uh, demonstrate the ability to uh, validate a, a long range trajectory and understand the components of a ballistic computer program, whichever one it is that you choose to use, because guess what? They all kind of work the same. Um, but we want you exposed to that and to understand, hey, in order for me to get everything to line up, this is what I need to do. And spend enough time on it that you're not being told what to do, you're actually doing it yourself, right? Not trying to go, hey, I need to get these guys all tuned up and, and uh, you know, and true or validated, whatever word you want to use in like 15 minutes so that way we can keep going with the class. That's not where we're at. We want you to comprehend it and not just follow instruction. Uh, and then demonstrate the ability to successfully hit multiple targets at intermediate known distances from the prone position with the aid of an observer. And we want to throw the aid of the observer in there because it's really important that you guys understand uh, at the basic level how to be both a shooter and an observer because you learn a ton from both, right? <clears throat> and then demonstrate the ability to successfully hit targets, multiple targets at long ranges with known distance from the prone position with the aid of an observer. And then finally demonstrate the ability to successfully employ a laser rangefinder to hit multiple targets at unknown distances from the prone position with an observer, right? So basically what we want you to be able to do at the end of this course, the end of these four days, is to have confidence and competency as a, as a beginning long range shooter so that way you know where to go, right? And you know how to, how to set your training up to be successful for the future, All right? So that's kind of like the bare bones. And, and we certainly don't think that you can do it in two days, three days maybe, but that's why our curriculum is four days long for that for that modern precision rifle class on that level one. Yeah, and then, you know, we dissected like who's at four, right? Because a, a lot of times you get shooters and we get, we get this in our inbox of like, hey, you know, I've taken an intro class here can I just move on to, you know, what would was was before our advanced course, right? But, you know, your level two course, right? It's like, okay. And 
again, we, we tried to not sound arrogant when it was like, no, that person's courses is not like, we don't know who that person is, right? We're not sure what they're teaching. Right. The, the problem lies is, is what happens when, when shooters like that do come to an advanced course or a, a level two course, right? They rob the experience from the rest of the shooters that, you know, have done our specific intro class, right? And understand those, they are able to display those eight core competencies, right? Um, and, you know, the last thing, and we've thought about doing this, but like we've thought about, you know, having a, um, a skills check on, on day one, but then, you know, especially if it's a travel course, like, what are we going to tell them? Like, Hey, I'm sorry, you can't, yeah. you can't continue on, you know? Um, if there's three, <laughs> up, go yeah, if there's three instructors, it'd be like, okay, you know, like, we'll we'll have an instructor, you know, stay with you and, and, uh, get you to where you need to get to until you're able to pick up with the rest of the class. But like, you know, if, if there's just two of us, right. And there's a 12 to 16 person class, right. That there's that mm-hmm. one person that shows up because he thinks that, right. His ego got to him. He's like, okay, I, I think I'm, I'm ready for this next level class. Right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just robbing now the experience for the rest of the shooters that have taken that or, or taken that class, you know? Um, yeah. and so, uh, the shooter ability is one of the things that I, I think deserves its own episode. Uh, cause that's one thing that also mm-hmm. spawned from our new naming convention is, uh, what is your shooter ability? And it's funny. We got this inspiration from my, my girlfriend. Um, she had, she had done a, a cross country. Um, she's a, she's a horse rider. Um, so she did this, uh, cross country event. She's going to laugh when she's, I'm going to show this part of the episode. And she was in Ireland, but before she went there, the, the the organization or the host essentially had this video of like, hey, what's your riding ability? Because they have riders from all over the world come, right? And and sometimes like they, they don't know what they're doing or they may be a little bit more proficient. And so it allows them to kind of group them together based off of their ride. And I was mm-hmm. like, God, we need to do that so that we yep. have shooters understand what their you know, level of competency is right. And we, you know, what we did was we, we threw names out of very relevant shooters that we had recently been exposed to. And we were like, okay, what was this person capable of doing by the end of class? Or maybe what were they, um, you know, what were they at before the two day class or three day class? And where did it, where did we see them after? And I'm glad you had, you had talked about how, you know, when, you know, when we try to teach them in class, they want, we want them to take that full 30 inch step. And this is actually a conversation that I had with James with regard to that shooting ability that we created is like, I feel that sometimes students will with, with the help of instructors, right. When they're in class, right. They were able to perform up to, let's say, um, our, uh, proficient level, right. But when they go out on their own, unfortunately, like they do take a step back, right? Because they're not training or they're not, you know, maybe they, they, they don't continue on their progression, right? Because at the end of the four days of shooting, when they shot 400 rounds, I mean, they're, they're ninjas, right? Like, uh, they're ninja and they're, they're doing really well, but sometimes that doesn't off always stick, 
right? Yeah. Um, but the goal is to hopefully make sure it does stick. So like, yeah, they do that 30 inch step. So they get to that proficient level and they stay there. And no matter what, even if they've taken a break from the rifle, they can automatically pick up a rifle and know exactly what to do. Not, you know, take a step back and realize, oh crap, you know, I, I, I forgot what Kalen said about, you know, the, ballistic solver in terms of making sure my my atmospherics are up to date or you know make sure my wind is zero when i'm grabbing my dope so i'm not getting aerodynamic jump influence into my firing solution whatever the case might be right, right? i think um depending on that shooter every shooter is different um they might take that step back when they are not uh, in the um, atmosphere of instructors, but I think that's what the, the perfect, perfect place for competition, right. That I always preach where it's like, when you go to a course, you do a course and the te the, the instructor is there to set you up for success based off of how that curriculum is designed. Right. You know, so for us, we have our evals and we try to do the best we can to set that shooter up to successfully accomplish and, and do well for our modern day, uh, sniper basic eval. But when you go to competition, no one is there to hold your hand. Right. And you learn more right. about your ability to shoot when you go and you venture off on your own in a competition than you will ever do when you go to a four day course or in-person class. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the intro classes just understand guys that, um, there's it's nothing there's nothing wrong with taking an intro class even if you've been shooting for a while there's nothing wrong with it at all um it'll give you the opportunity and the space to focus on those core skills and build solid neural pathways so that way you can lean on those neural pathways when you leave and go try to do this on your own and that kind of brings us to the next level um which would be so we have two level one curricula so we have we have the modern precision rifle class, right? And then we have a four day intro to precision competition class. So people are gonna ask like, what's the difference? Where should I go? Well, if you are, if you're, you know, perhaps you're a hunter, <clears throat> you wanna get into, you wanna take a deeper dive into, um, into rifle competition, or I'm sorry, into just general, modern modern day rifleman skills that that modern precision rifle is going to be where you want to go but if you're looking at this and you're like hey man i want to go i want to i've never competed before but i've seen this i might have gone to ro a match or something and i'm like hey my goal or my direction in shooting is to go be a competitor then you're going to want to take the intro to precision competition class which is another level one it's also four days it's just a modified um, modified modern precision rifle class, but it's more catered to being a competitor. So you're going to start focusing more on, um, you know, stage design. You're going to, we're going to basically get you ready to go be a competitor at your first event. So um, you're going to be able to, to get into supported shooting positions a little bit faster. Um, and it's just kind of geared more towards the competition side. So, the next level though, level two, and this is where we kind of, the biggest departure I think is, is um, we took our, our skills, we took our wind reading clinics and our positional shooting clinics and combined them into one. 
And the reason that we did that is we looked at the data and we were like, well, the majority of students are cross pollinators, right? So they're going to take a positional and wind or vice versa, wind and positional, as well as we also looked at the past data and said, okay, well, sometimes the wind, mother nature doesn't always cooperate with us, right? You could go to a wind clinic and if it's not windy, then what are we doing? We're going right into positional shooting and we're going to shoot some smaller targets to make it more challenging. And that's where we looked at this and said, well, let's just kind of combine these two things into one and it's a skills progression clinic. And we designed these to be either three days, two days, or one day. So the goal for this is to say, hey, if you want to progress your skills, show up to a skills progression clinic. And that's that kind of intermediate training level where it's like, hey, we're going to be we're going to be talking about modern marksmanship mechanics. We're going to talk about refinement of the fundamentals, talking about getting those fundamentals established into your subconscious mind. We're going to talk about positional shooting and wobble zone management. We're going to talk about um, some aspects of external ballistics that are kind of more, you know, dogmatic in the world of uh, precision shooting. Um, what matters, what doesn't matter, what you should be paying attention to, what's kind of like lost in the noise. And then um, detailed wind reading, because you're going to get wind reading in both of those, you know, those introductory level one classes. But we're going to take a deeper dive into it. We're going to force you to go into our wind reading process and stick to that that step by step uh, system so that way you can have success. And then um, we're going to put you in through our advanced MDR skills evaluation. And um, if the range supports it, we'll shoot movers. So this is basically what, you know, what you can expect to have a coaching session. Hey, you know, I'm kind of in that intermediate realm and I want to go get some coaching and I want to go shoot with the boys for a few days or a couple, three days. This is the, this is the curriculum or the class for you. Yeah. And that's, you know, skills progression, right. And again, departure from the word advanced because I, I, yeah, that's I huge. hate that word. Right. I, I hate, Don't I hate, I, sh I shouldn't say that because hate is a strong word. Hate's a very strong word. Very strong word. Very strong and word. it's funny because I've been <laughs> like, I've been, I've been like teaching Zoe this, right? Cause like, she'll be like, I hate this. And I'm like, Zoe, hate is such a strong word. So, yeah. uh, advance. Why do I dislike the word advance? I dislike the word advance mm -hmm. because again, it, I think it puts it in people's heads that like there are these advanced techniques that, you know, are, 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 relevant to your progression as a shooter which i don't think there's anything advanced sure there are techniques like you know tripod rear technique or um you know tripod rear table and, and stuff like that but i those are not advanced skill sets those are you know tools in your toolbox that still require you to utilize basic fundamental skills like good trigger yeah. press, understanding your natural point of aim first before you bring and incorporate a tripod rear for, um, you know, two points of contact, whatever the case might be, right? And so I think our departure from the word advanced is that that is just, hey, like I, I, there's no such thing as advanced level skills, only basic skills execute at an advanced level. Yep. And that's a, the, the, the mindset is a thought process. It's a, it's your mental capacity yes. to execute those skills. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. It, it, it's, a essentially being able to execute the 
basic fundamentals at a very unconscious level, right? And and so that's what we also wrapped into that shooter ability, right? Of like, hey, what is this shooter? Like, what is their thought process when they are behind the rifle or thinking about wind? Like, where, where do we think that they're at? And I think it is up until when they're, um, experts, I think that is like right, bef- right below mastery, right? Experts is where they are um, unconsciously competent, where, right, they are able to perform basic riflemanship skills uh, without thinking about it, right? And their only conscious load is, hey, what's the wind doing? What, what is my target reference point for target number two, target three, whatever the case might be? Right. Or they're always like front loading their, their cautious brain of like, what are the wind conditions? Right. Cause I think, again, we know that that's the biggest separator between, um, a lot of shooters is their ability to comprehend and, and read the wind, um, in competition. Right. But mm-hmm. if you are still thinking about things like follow through, or maybe I need to get into a, a better position because of X, Y, Z, or if I'm still thinking about like, Oh, do I have a good rifle to shoulder connection? Like, sure, it's okay to think about those things if you're trying to diagnose your position. But, like, if that's what you're thinking about when you're on the stage, then you're already two or three steps behind from a top-level competitor, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, we, we've had this conversation before on a podcast or even off on the road. Like, what is your first conscious thought, right? When you when, when you started, like, can you uh, think about that when you, when you started the, um, your first stage at, uh, at Lead Farm? What was your first conscious thought on stage one? Yeah, really. I mean, it's just the same thing. It's like, hey, am I, am I shooting the right target? Am I shooting the right target? Am so from, the, the, right from target? the time that you said shooter understands course fire, beep, get, build your position, yep. your first thing, okay, am, am I staring at the right target? And that, that's usually what mine yeah, is. That's the rehearsal, mm-hmm. right? That's the layer. That's the that's the steps of the rehearsal, right? Yeah. Identify the target, apply the wind correction, mm-hmm. and everything else is just operating on autopilot at that point. And then, uh, so after level two, um, well, actually, we skipped one. We have a modern precision hunter class, and that's also in the level one yep. uh, realm of skills, right? The modern precision hunter class. That's a three day package. It's more of an abbreviated. Um, modern precision rifle class um, down to three days. And um, this is really where we want you guys to understand not necessarily what your capabilities are, but we want you to understand what your limitations are first. Because understanding what your limitations are kind of changes the game because it, with with shooting competitions and such, you know, we're shooting at steel targets or paper targets and misses are, misses are just you know, bullet going into the dirt, not hitting the piece of steel where when we're shooting at live critters, uh, big game animals, misses can be very high consequence and, you know, it's just not ethical, right? So what we want you guys to get out of that, that modern precision hunter class is where your limitations lie and understand where the threshold of making a responsible shot is and saying, nope, not today. It can't, it, it just can't happen today because the conditions are outside my limits of capability. Um, so we're going to teach you everything else that you need to know. Um, 
and it's going to be, like I said, it's abbreviated uh, from the modern precision rifle class. But I think uh, we think that that three day package is really good for a hunter that's like looking to get tuned up. Here's my rifle. I'm going to show up. We're going to you're going to run what you brung. And then that next step is that skills that skills clinic that skills progression clinic in that level two it's like hey bring your hunting rifle to a skills progression clinic you're not gonna you know we're gonna formulate that course of fire in the skills clinic or skills progression clinics to whatever it is that you brought if you have a hunter that shows up to that fantastic bring your hunting rifle you're gonna just fall right in with everybody else and if your hunting rifle isn't capable of hitting the same targets as you know, a guy that's there to up his competition skills, that's okay. You just shoot at a target that's that's sized appropriately for the accuracy of your rifle and the skills that you're trying to hone. And that's the thing. We wanted that that skills progression clinic to be more all-inclusive and not exclusive to one uh, modality or, or archetype of shooter. We want everybody to show up to that. Hey, if you're a law enforcement sniper, there's a skills progression clinic, show up to it. Hey, if you're, um, you know, an enthusiast, show up to it. You're going to, you're going to be able to come away with a whole new, um, understanding of your skills and your capabilities and limitations. So Philip, you want to talk about now that level three, the competition advantage class. Yeah. The competition advantage class that is performably our advanced competition and, you know, the competition advantage class, I think it, it derives uh, from a person that is, again, understands the basic fundamentals of marksmanship, that understands the basic competition formats out there, right? Meaning, I would say uh, 90% of the shooters that probably will come to the the competition advantage course are shooters that are, you know, very heavily involved in the precision rifle series style of competition. Whereas like, we know that there are, you know, PRS style um, events, NRL hunter style events. And then now, you know, very more, more commonly are the uh, two man cyber team style events, right? Your Mm -hmm. mammoth, your um, competition dynamics, you know, your field matches, and so the idea behind the competition advantage is to really break down like the, the preparation and the, the stage planning and the processes that, that we go through in each one of those categories, right? Because they're all different, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it is like we, we're, we're versed, you and I are versed in all three uh, styles of competition, right? Um, and again, mainly with it being competition or precision rifle style competition, right? You know, by the time that you are getting ready to execute the stage, what I feel like, you know, shooters don't understand is that like your preparation of like you up until that point is what allows you to succeed during your execution. Right. And that, that, that's even just practice, right? Like practicing before you even get to the competition, like, you, you know, um, I think someone's like champions win at practice, not at, you know, not at the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, preparation in terms of like your pre-stage planning, your rehearsals, your, you know, understanding how to manage your data for specific troop lines and stuff like that. I think that's kind of what we really dive into for the competition advantage class, as well as look at um, uh, previous footage for a lot of the matches that I've, I've, um, you know, taken with my trigger cam, you know, the 
the four matches that I shot last year for the PRS season, I, I had a trigger cam and I walked right, I walked with a camera for all, every single stage. People called me crazy, but guess what? Like now I've got a bunch of footage to back it up, but I also have a lot of training points, right? When, when it comes to talking about different scenarios and dynamic scenarios that competitors find themselves in, you know, um, mm-hmm. and being realistic to the venue that we're shooting at, right? Like I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you wars or like, uh, competition stories, uh, at, of, a of a West, um, you know, Western style match. If we're at like an eat, like Altus, right? Like, sure. I can try to recreate right. it the best I can, or just give you context, but like I, realistically, I can't put you through it because like the, the, the venue doesn't support it. Right. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm going to try to give you, you know, especially if you're just a regional level shooter, like I'm going to give you the tools that you need to, to, to succeed at a regional level. Right. And, and put you mm-hmm. through what I think that that region is going to most likely uh, test you through. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing for out West, right? Like, Hey, you know, guys that are shooting out West, this is what you could probably expect for a, a West coast style stage format in terms of, um, you know, wind variability and, and target locations, target reference points, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think that's what the competition advantage does is it, is it adds that layer of understanding and how to, how to truly understand the game. Cause that, I think that's, again, one of the things that over the last, for sure, the last three years that I've been competing is like embrace that, that concept that like shooting a competition is just a game right. That enhances your skill set at the end of the day as a shooter. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that I know that I handicap myself for the longest time is not embracing that concept, you know, and and I think hopefully through our actions, like we can inspire other snipers, active duty snipers, or even professional military law enforcement snipers, and now hunters, right? Like very, very hardcore hunters that, you know, only shoot 20 rounds a season, right. To go out and like, Hey, like, you know, if you want to be able to take more ethical shots on game, like go out and compete. Right. Because Mm -hmm. going out to an NRL hunter match is going to put you in more scenarios than shooting off a bench wood at your local range. Right. Well, you're in, like you said, you're showing up to a new environment and you're interpreting those conditions and that's exactly what you do when you're hunting. And it's got to be on the fly. Right. It's got to be fast and it has to be accurate enough to, to hit an animal. And that's really where, uh, yeah, that's where that, that competition advantage class comes in because we want to give you the advantage that you need to progress. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. And, and, and the thing is too, right? Like we, we even took a, you know, we were talking to our, um, our Altus class who did the advanced competition or competition advantage, however we want to call that specific course the actual naming convention was advanced competition before we changed it uh, a week later. But, you know, I had asked them because I wanted feedback as in terms of like, what, what did you take away from the, from the class? And uh, for a lot of them, it's like reaffirmations, right? Like, okay, like I'm on, I was on the right path. And and so that made me, you know, like at first it was a little heartbreaking. Like, gosh, I didn't, I didn't teach these guys anything groundbreaking, but the idea is not to, to teach anything groundbreaking, right? The idea is to, to, to put them on a path of like understanding of like what it takes to compete at a very high level. Right. And give them the tools and techniques that, that I use at some point to get to a level of, um, high performance, right. Of like, even, 
you know, again, not even a level of high performance of like when I'm able to show up to a match and do well after taking nine months off, that was last year, right? Like, Hey, this is what I did to stay relevant and stay um, proficient in my craft as a competitive shooter, right? This is what I also right. embrace as a mindset. Um, cause like we talked about in the, um, for that, uh, uh, Lanny Basham, uh, representative that came out to do the, uh, the class for modern day rifleman, right? Steve. It's like, you know, you put, you, yeah, Steve, you put two shooters, uh, and you have them compete against each other of the same shooter skill level, right. Or even not even of the skill, same, uh, shooter skill level, you know, one's maybe a more proficient shooter than the other. At the end of the day, the better competitor is going to be going to come out yep. victorious. Right. And so like yep. that, and that's a holistic approach that that is right. And that, that resonated with me. It's like, okay, like that, I think that is right. Cause I think you and I've talked about, it's like, I don't think my shooting level is different, any different than yours, right? My shooting ability. And that was, uh, I've understood that since day when we first shot our match together, but what I've embraced, I think a lot faster than you did was just being a competitive shooter. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I need to learn how to be a competitive shooter, um, and that's yeah. I. And I, it's not that I, I need to reframe that, right? It's not that I need to; I get to, and that's the yeah. that's the challenge that I'm looking forward to. So, yep. yep, absolutely, man. So, yeah, guys, check out the check out the new schedule, um, moderndaysniper.com events, and uh, find classes near you. We got a bunch of them. Um, so I'm not going to go through all of them right now, but the, the big ticket ones, uh, you know, on the quote unquote 10 meter line is Arbuckle coming up next month, um, central California, all you Sacramento peeps and all you guys down in SoCal, it's not that bad of a drive to get your ass in the car and drive on up to Arbuckle, come see us. I know we already have people coming from Arizona. Um, and, uh, we got the competition advantage class there, which is going to be a great spot for it because it's where they run NRL Hunter, um, matches. And I'm super stoked to shoot at this venue. And then, uh, right after that is Ben Franklin range in Pennsylvania. So for all you East coast guys that, uh, that are like, man, you guys never come out to the East coast. Well, you don't have anything to complain about anymore. So, um, sign up for that, uh, sign up for those two classes that we have over at, uh, Ben Franklin. And that's a new range too. Ben Franklin's a new range. It's just, uh, just kind of coming on station. There's been a few classes held there by other, uh, other training companies. And, um, so we're stoked to be able to come there and, and, uh, and experience what they have to offer. Well, what's next on our thing here? Yeah. What else do we got? Dude, I, I think we should, we should finish off with the modern day sniper logo kind of the the logo I, I guess the drama behind the the change right i think it's important um to, could you ever get away from drama is drama ever escapable no actually no it's not. i just even had this it's conversation with claire about this this morning yeah it's not oh no. you did do tell yeah, not about not not about not about like our our logo, but it's just drama in general, right? I think yeah, there are there are aspects of our lives that even though we try not to, and I think that's also with regard to setting boundaries, right? Healthy boundaries. That was one of my goals for this year as like New Year's resolution is like set healthier boundaries with people in my life, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. you know, we just talked about not escaping drama. Like I don't wake up in the morning and I'm like, ah, what kind of shit can I stir up today, right? 
Like I, right. I tried to have how many, how many how many frags can I pitch out there and walk right. away from? <laughs> Sometimes I do wake up in the morning and I choose violence because I'm just like irritated at something that I see on Instagram. But it's probably sure. because I'm not doing enough, right? Um, but like lately, I've been really trying to like really embrace a, a, a routine. So I've been going to the gym consistently every morning, uh, right after I dropped Zoe off to zero hours. I mean, she's inspired me to wake up early because she has to be at school at like six thirty. So like beforehand, oh, wow. I would used to just like go back home and go to bed. I'm like, okay, I'm already up. Right. Um, yep, so then I'll, I'll just go to the gym. So anyways, uh, drama, the logo. Um, how do we want to, how do we want to kick know, this off? Let's talk. Let's, well, let's, I would, let's talk about, I would just suggest right off the bat, the obstacle is the way, yeah, right? Yeah. That was really what this, what this, uh, this whole process taught us, um, that the obstacle really is the way. And it, it's all how we, it's all choices, right? We have choices as to how we react to things. We can't control what other people do. The only thing that we can control is our reaction to what other people do. And then we have to be able to look at that and say, they're humans too, and they're having their own experience, just like you and I are having our own individual experiences through life. And so, you know, this is one of those things where um, you... So arrogance for me is something that's in my shadow. And for you guys that don't understand what that shadow aspect is, um, just a real quick identification that, that uh, your shadow is the aspects of you that you don't like, um, that you don't like about yourself, right? And I don't like showing up as an arrogant individual. And so as a result of me not wanting to show up as an arrogant individual, um, my subconscious is going to seek out arrogance in the world and zero in on it and identify it as a problem. And sometimes it is a problem. And other times it's just your perception of, of what that is. And by taking a few minutes and sitting back and, and saying, does that really matter to me? How does that affect me? If it doesn't affect me, then I just need to work on myself and how I view that situation and uh, come at it a different way. And so in this instance, um, for the logo, we were dealing with some, we were dealing with a situation that, that involved plagiarism. And I just want to preface this by saying that, um, there, there could be, a there could be a propensity for some arrogance to come out here. And it's definitely, um, arrogance can be healthy. Um, but confidence is really what healthy arrogance ends up being. It's confidence. Um, once you start crossing that, that very, very kind of blurred boundary line of, of, uh, you know, cockiness, that's where that arrogance becomes toxic because everything out there has a polarity, right? You have, um, a good aspect of arrogance that's healthy. And then you have the polar opposite of it, which is toxicity. And so we dealt with, uh, we, we dealt with the company that, um, that was essentially utilizing our materials, um, for marketing purposes and advertisements. And it was one of those things where we identified it and we, we always want to do the right thing. And by doing the right thing is, is just picking up the phone and taking action and saying, Hey, you know, the, the obstacle is the way confrontation is uncomfortable, but it's a necessity for growth. And it was like, okay, let's pick up the phone and just say, Hey, check it out guys. Um, we noticed that this happened and, um, we would appreciate it if you, if you didn't do that, because the amount of work, energy and effort and money that we put into creating our marketing material, um, 
you know, that's just like, it's, you know, it's just morally not correct. And essentially what's happening is these, these, this individual was scraping our marketing content, just removing our information from it, um, to include our logo and then just slapping their stuff on it and putting it out there, um, for their own purposes and uses. Now, you know, uh, claiming ignorance, that's fine. But on the first go, it's like, yeah, you get a pass. Let's just make sure that doesn't happen again. But when it happened a second time, it was more along the lines of, okay, this is, this is just being blatant. And it was using, um, you know, targetry, it was using marketing materials and the, you know, the overall structure of a training curriculum. And now we, I'm going to be the first to tell you guys that, I've been doing this a long time and teaching a long, long time in terms of, you know, watching what other people are doing, what, what is going on with the different trends in the training industry. Um, and there's nothing out there, like we've already said, there's nothing out there that is, that's so whiz bang that you're going to learn this one widget from us that is going to make you a ninja or, you know, just turn you in. We're not going to sprinkle fairy dust on you with these two types of classes or whatever they are. And you're just going to go out and rule the world with a precision rifle. It doesn't work that way. You can't, you can't look at the fundamentals of marksmanship and, and, and put a stamp on that and say, these are mine. It doesn't work that way. Um, doesn't work that way either. So, but the process by which you structure the information that you deliver, I truly believe is, and that's what separates us from everybody else. We know exactly what we need to do to get a shooter from A to Z in that period of time. And that is important because that is a compilation of years of experience that go into making that, making that uh, curriculum. So, you know, from me being a professional starting doing this professionally in, you know, 2001, to now and now Philip from your perspective adding in that layer of, of years and understanding um it's important right and there's you can't just skip over that right you got to do your legwork you got to figure out what works for you and don't be a regurgitator take the information that's out there commonly available to everybody and then turn it into your own process don't teach what you've been taught teach what you've learned and this, this particular company was, um, it was a problem and we had to make, we had to make some phone calls and it started off with plagiarizing targets. And once we identified that that was the case, it was just like, okay, well, you guys got a choice. Um, we would hope that you would take the, 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 I guess the quote unquote moral route to, uh, correct the behavior and just don't do it again and come up with your own stuff. Or if you wanted to use it, just ask. Just say, hey guys, we we think that the that what you're doing is really cool, and we'd like to incorporate it into our training curriculum. May we do this? And we've done that as well with um, with other with other companies. Frank and uh, Jacob are prime examples. You know, we use one of their drills, and we preface that by saying, this is uh, this is a modified Sniper Side 21 dot drill. We're going to use this because we think it uh, that it's a fantastic drill. It highlights the same thing that you guys, Jacob and Frank, probably wanted to highlight when you developed it. So can we use it? And they unanimously said, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Go for it. So that's that simple. It can be that simple. Um, and so what 
ended up coming from this was we heard some word through the grapevine that some people were asking about our logo, that this particular company was asking about our logo. And they were kind of, you know, they were kind of uh, irritated that we were calling them out on their, on their plagiarism. And um, it was just like, Hey, you know what? Modern day snipers logo looks a lot like mountain ops logo. And I immediately, when I found this out, I immediately went and I looked and it was just like, oh yeah, our, our logo looks a lot like Mountain Ops logo. And so uh, what I did was being in this industry for uh, as long as I have been, the things that I've learned, I've learned more about how to not do business than I have learned how to do business. And how to do business falls in line with learning how not to do business, right? It just kind of, it's like a trickle down effect. And so before, like, I didn't understand, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. So to head this thing off at the pass, I reached out to some people that I know in the industry that are sponsored by Mountain Ops. And long story short, I was able to get a line to um, the owner and the CEO of Mountain Ops. And I sent him an email and I said, hey, guys, um, it's been brought to my attention that our logo has some similarities between yours. Clearly, you guys have been around longer than we have. And I would like you guys to take a look at it and, um, and tell us what you'd like to do. Uh, we're fully prepared to make some adjustments, but we wanted to, um, we wanted to talk to you guys first. And they came back uh, within a couple of days and said, wow, thank you very much for reaching out to us. We really appreciate that. That's not usually normal. And they're right. It's not usually normal. Everybody likes to kind of just fly underneath the radar and, and um, kind of do things more passively, passive aggressively than just standing up and saying, Hey, you know, this is what it is. And, um, they came back and they said, yeah, we ran it through our legal team. And, um, yes, we'd like you to change your logo. There are too many similarities. And I was pretty much ready for that response. Um, and Hey, we were, we didn't do enough due diligence when we brought the logo to light and that's okay. Um, but what this was, it was an obstacle and it forced us to be more creative. It forced us to, uh, grow and evolve. And so it was like, okay, well, we need to, we need to continue to separate ourselves and continue to be the leaders and show and lead through example. And so what we did is we went to the drawing table, we went uh, back to the drawing, drawing board, uh, back to the table and said, okay, we need to create a new logo. We need to create a new look for modern day sniper and it's gotta be unique. And, um, we have some really amazing creative people on our team. Um, Cassandra being, uh, an awesome visionary, what you guys see of modern day sniper. Um, she's the visionary behind that. And, um, she's taught both Philip and myself a tremendous amount about, you know, branding about, uh, you know, how things look outwardly and some other people that I would say that I'm very blessed to be able to work with. And, um, and use as resources would be Sterling and Jason over at era three and ECS composites. So, um, we, uh, and also from a mentorship standpoint, I look at Sterling as a, as a mentor from a business perspective and a branding perspective, cause he's equally, um, a visionary as so is Jason. They're both brilliant. Um, and so we put our heads together and, and, uh, Sterling was like, Hey, what about this? What about this? How does this look? And, um, those guys helped us through the process and, and what they produced for us was what I believe to be a giant, massive step forward than what we had already had. And so through that issue of plagiarism and through that, you know, negativity 
and negative energy of that and trying to be like, man, you got I don't want to deal with this. Like, this is like, you know, I don't want to have to deal with this. I want to continue to go forward. But the obstacle is that way. And the way was lean into this discomfort, come up with a new look and a new logo. And man, what we came up with, I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you for putting us into that scenario. So that way we could look at that as an obstacle and say this is the way forward because what we came up with I think is even a hundred times better than what we had before yeah I, I agree and I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse in terms of you know what transpired but what what you what you just said about how thank you for allowing us to continue to evolve right because that is what we're doing, you know? And what I love about the logo now is that it truly allows it to stand on its own, right? Without it being, again, without it being mistaken for something else, right? Because I I think before the Chevron, right? uh, Easily that people that understood or knew Mountain Ops are were like, oh, like that, you know, that is a mountain ops logo just flipped on its side, whatever the case might be. Whereas now our logo can stand up on its own. But on top of that, what we really wanted was to really integrate as well the modern day sniper and modern day rifleman brands, right? Because at the end of the day, when we started modern day sniper, we, we, we truly started it with our intention of giving back to our sniper community. Right. We wanted to talk about sniper things. And I know we've kind of departed from that a little bit with regard to, you know, actually talking about sniper stuff. Right. But we organically attracted a lot of riflemen who um, resonate with our message. Right. And and honestly, like the riflemen, our riflemen are, are fucking awesome. Right. Excuse my language. Um, and now this brand gives them a. Uh, something proud of to wear, right? Because, you know, another thing that we we saw and looked at based off of uh, some responses with regard to merchandise is like, you know, we've got a lot of riflemen out there that that don't feel comfortable wearing modern day sniper or sniper, right? And that's, we appreciate that, right? We never even thought about that way. We appreciate you guys just repping the brand in general. Um, so, you know, what's cool about this logo, like I said, is, is now it goes, it can go both either way, modern day sniper, modern day rifleman. Um, and there's so many different variations uh, of it and the interpretation of it. Even, you know, Claire, who, who does this for a living graphics, art design, like she looked at it and she, you know, she had a lot of, uh, great things to say about it. Um, and again, the message, when you look at it deeper and, um, all the different meanings behind it. So, yeah. So we're just, you know, at the end of the day, we're just really grateful for that opportunity um, and every every other opportunity that comes down the pipe. And sometimes we have to look at those things and say, okay, well, why am I, you know, this situation is uncomfortable, but let's look at it from the perspective of growth and say, why am I being put into this situation? What am I, what am I gonna get out of it when I, you know, come through it? And this is a prime example that, um, 
you know, leaning into that discomfort and saying, okay, well, this is just, this is just pushing us into a new mode of growth. And quite honestly, I think it was, uh, it was necessary. So I'll just extend those thanks one more time. We appreciate you guys for, for putting us into that situation because, uh, you know, we're just going to continue to drive forward and, and, uh, and do what we do. So, um, that's what you guys can expect, uh, with, with regard to that. Um, if you, uh, have an, an, a, a, some, OG stuff like this right here. If you got some of that OG uh, merchandise, you got a piece of modern day sniper history uh, because the next uh, the next round that's coming out with that new logo, we're going to be doing new colors, new t-shirt designs, um, new stuff, and we're going to just uh, breathe new light into the merchandise aspect of things. And um, the logo is just going to give us that much more ability to uh, to branch out. So. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of stuff left in the shop. So if you guys are looking to get some of that old school um, OG stuff, uh, it's still there, still available, um, but there's not much. So cruise on into Modern Day Sniper shop and uh, and see what's left. And you guys can expect to see some new uh, new clothing coming pretty shortly as we uh, kind of figure out what we're going to do next. Man, this was awesome. This was good. I'm excited. It, it makes me pumped to even just like start working toward our second podcast, right? Which, yeah. you know, um, again, as we, as we last year felt a little sporadic popcorn-y, right? Not very consistent. Um, but because we know that you guys, you know, modern day sniper started with a podcast and, and a lot of you guys were attracted to us because of the podcast, um, you know, we wanted to bring it back to you guys. And there's so many things that, that we want to talk about and, think getting over the fear of always having to bring educational value and, and hopefully this this is still educational hopefully there are so one one or two things that you know kind of stand out um from a holistic mm -hmm. side uh, but uh, i'm looking forward to bringing on guest speakers uh, i'm looking forward to uh again always being on youtube putting this stuff out there so you guys can see kind of our reactions um uh we're we're um, having uh one, my intern actually that um, has been doing some some video work for Modern Day Sniper and, and his page. He's been really stepping up his uh, his game, so he's going to be cranking out some videos for us uh, with uh, the podcast as well as just even uh, vlog style stuff too. Uh, one of the things that uh, we had him do actually was do a behind the scenes of Arizona, so um, that is something to look forward to as well. If you guys are just you know maybe want to see what goes on when we're at a four day training class, right? Not obviously yep. from the instruction side, but like, Hey, what happens behind closed doors or, you know, when we're at the Airbnb and, and stuff like all the production that it takes to, uh, to have a, a four day class. So, yeah, man, those are, those vlogs are going to be fun when they come out. It's going to be good. Storytelling, storytelling. There's uh, there's so much behind the curtain that, uh, that has to come together to, to bring all of these uh, events to fruition. So, <laughs> Man, this is a this is a good this is a good one. I'm uh, I'm stoked and um, I'm looking forward to the next one already. Like you said, I'm pumped. So, without, I guess that's a good time to 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 end it. You know, um, guys, as we've said, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. Again, this is our hundredth episode. Uh, help us get to a million downloads, and hopefully, we're able to get it before um, before even a hundred in 10 episodes so we're right there i think we're at like a little over a 980 right so we've averaged yeah. just about 10,000 downloads per episode um and honestly we've got 
I don't want to speak too quickly on it, but I've got some, we've got something also exciting with regard to like snipers, um, here in the mm-hmm. near future. Right. And I, I yeah. think it's, it's, we're going to be talking about it this weekend. Um, this weekend being the, uh, the weekend of the 10th, um, 11th, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm excited for things to come to fruition with that, but, uh, it's going to be very, very exciting for, uh, the sniper community. And I'm looking forward to, um, bringing that to light when, uh, when it comes out, but for everyone else that's listening, I appreciate you guys being a part of our community, being listeners, uh, being supportive of, uh, the, uh, modern a sniper brand. Um, we, uh, hope to see you guys at either in-person classes, either at competitions, but at least, um, you know, one last plug, you know, if you guys are not already connected in the uh, modern day rifleman network, um, go ahead, get signed up. It's free. A lot of, a lot of great, uh, information that's flowing through there with, with shooters through, from all different parts of their journey, you know? Um, and it's, it's cool to see that, that, uh, community grow. So stay connected with us um, yeah, through awesome. that. Absolutely guys. Thank you guys for listening. And, um, man, we're looking forward to, uh, looking forward to another one. Until then guys, keep your face on the gun. <laughs>